Oops, we had a little technical difficulty there. Hello, my name is Nate Johnson, and this is the Driving Forward Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We have a great panel of people, uh, people I've worked with for many, many years. We're going to talk about uh, a good subject that is uh, 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 carrier and shipper relations today. We're going to talk about what we've been up to for the last month uh, as people and as an organization, what we have coming up here in the next few weeks. Uh, so with that all being said, uh, follow GLCS on LinkedIn. Uh, we are on all streaming platforms now. Click like, share, and comment on whatever platform you're watching us on but certainly be sure to follow us on LinkedIn. You'll see lots of commentary, lots of uh, uh, um, posts and, and uh, activity from us there. Uh, we are picking up our Twitter activity as well, uh, so follow us there too. With that being said, let's bring in uh, uh, Mike Turner, please. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hey, how you doing there, Nate? Uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Uh, we're just going to roll through the entrance, I think, uh, uh, this week. We've got some uh, some good music kind of lined up. Everybody picked out their, their intro this week. So uh, uh, let's let's bring in Susan next, please. not billy well it's what you got <laughs> uh, was he extra <laughs> yeah yeah he's extra so extra hard to get so uh and then michael why don't you why don't we we roll out the the red carpet for the the man himself so I especially think that's fitting with that jacket you're wearing, Michael. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's it's totally possible that uh, Bing Crosby wore this exact uh, smoking jacket back in it's, the 1940s. It's the exact same one. Is, is it that old? You got it at an <laughs> auction or something? Uh, fair enough. It 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 looks like it might have come from the 40s. <laughs> Maybe. You know? No, this is a brand new one. A friend of mine made it. Oh, for fair me. enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, knowing you, it, it, it fits your personality quite well. So, <laughs> thank you. Uh, I think I had a music intro too. Uh, if you don't mind popping that up, let's uh, let's see what I had out there. It's really not Christmas without the chipmunks. So, and I don't think I've heard them yet on the radio at all. 
you know, normally about a little after Christmas, my radio changes to uh, uh, Christmas music. And when I'm driving the kids around or whatever, they always get mad at me and want to switch it. Over the years, they've just decided uh, they're not going to argue with me anymore. And they just they just kind of uh, live with the fact that it's Christmas music. But uh, uh, I haven't heard the chipmunks this year at all. So that's that's the as I was putting this together. Uh, I realized, you know, that that's kind of a weird year. So I don't know if they've aged out or what's going on, but uh, who, who knows? So, but I appreciate everybody coming coming together. Uh, um, thanks for joining us here today. So thanks for having us on, Nate. Yeah, it's great, great. So the last time we were together, it was a little bit before Thanksgiving, and uh, we had. Uh, so one comment so far is we love the headwear. So, and, and the only person that's not wearing headwear is Michael, who has an amazing set of hair and, uh, <laughs> uh so it's all good. Uh, but we have, uh, uh, we, we met just before Thanksgiving and we talked about a variety of different subjects and kind of got, got used to this platform. <clears throat> so this is our, our seventh episode of driving forward, uh, this year we started it in, in, in October, and we've got a variety of different formats that we've been trying. It's our second episode as a, a panel of four. Uh, the next episode, we're going to take next week off. Uh, the next episode that we're going to have is actually a much larger panel. Uh, it won't be necessarily this crew. It'll be a panel of, of various industry personnel talking about um, 2023. So the uh, as a year in review, and that'll be I think January fourth. So next year or, or next week we won't have an episode, but uh, January fourth we will. There won't be a Tuesday trip next week either. So, um, but since it's been a while since we've talked, uh, we all, we thought it was a wise idea for us to get together and talk about what we've done, kind of as as people and <clears throat> as a a little bit over the last month. Um, everyone here's a part of GLCS and, uh, you know, moreover, just talk about what we've done individually. So we got a few pictures for some of us and, and some of us don't have a, a picture. Actually, one of us doesn't have a picture, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what we've been up to. So, um, Mike, why don't we start out with, with you? So, uh, we'll this is there. my, this is my new, uh, granddaughter. Kendall, um, my first granddaughter, my uh, oldest daughter. Uh, she was born uh, October 1st. So October 1st. January, yeah, so January, she'll be three months old. So this is her in Halloween and uh, and during uh, uh, her two months, uh, November 1st. So uh, look forward to seeing her on Christmas. And um, she definitely uh, has br brought joy to to the family. Um, seems like it was just yesterday when my daughter was born and, you know, now she's 30 years old and now, now the got an addition to the family. So, um, so definitely um, happy for that and uh, hope to have a, a, a great Christmas uh, season of spending time with the, uh, with the new addition. She's beautiful. Thanks. What a cutie. Does this mean um, we have to call you Grandpa Turner? 
from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, it was. We had the baby shower, um, and they were asking what what I wanted to be called, whether it was pop up, grandpa, you know. And I said G money. Just call me G money. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if she's going to be able to to say that. So uh, we'll see where it goes. I guess I'll go with yeah. that when she calls me. There you go. Uh, yeah. Well. Big congratulations to uh, to you and your your daughter and your entire family. You know, I, I remember your daughter when she was very young too. So that's uh, exactly uh, it's it's a eye opener as as our kids are all getting older. So um, I think most of us are in that that position. So it uh, um, that's a a big big milestone, Grandpa Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. <clears throat> So next slide, I think this is Michael, which I, I, I envy you here. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, my wife and I just had a uh, vacation in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And the, um, the picture on the left is from uh, a bar that was located up on the third floor in one of the resort buildings called the Sky Bar, famous for its uh, sunsets. And so we were up there a couple of times uh, during the vacation. And this is one of many, many sunset pics that I took. And the picture on the right is the uh, parish of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is the main uh, church in the town of Puerto Vallarta. And during the first half of December, I think it's December 1st to the 13th, uh, there is a parade, a massive parade, every night in Puerto Vallarta that runs along one of the, the uh, cobblestone streets. Hundreds and hundreds of people participate in these uh, parades to the church every night. And when you get to the location of the church, there's a big uh, piazza, which is right behind me. Um, that is just, it's a huge town square and the whole square fills up with uh, food vendors. So a bunch of the locals cook up a whole bunch of food. They put out their tables and it's like a giant outdoor uh, local restaurant. And these uh, these parades were very, very impressive. They had floats, they had costumes, they would have, you know, bands mounted on flat deck trucks with sound systems. They had uh, drummer cores, they had um, a whole regiment of brass, like it was, it was nuts. And it happened every night from six till 10, four hours a night for 13 straight days to uh, celebrate the beginning of the season. And uh, it was very impressive. So go to Puerto Vallarta and enjoy yourself in the heat. I, I second that one. We, we love Puerto Vallarta. We love this particular area of Puerto Vallarta. And I have a bazillion sunset pictures of Puerto Vallarta and whales <laughs> jumping out in the uh, the bay. Uh, I think Puerto Vallarta is top three in, in areas where I've traveled to for, for sunsets. And that's, you know, a debate between um, really San Diego and, and Hawaii, I think, takes the cake. But uh, uh, Puerto Vallarta is certainly a debate for second place uh, for where I've been. So all right well i appreciate that then i i have a, a couple pictures here so um 
I smoked the turkey. I, I, I like my smoked meats. Uh, this time of year, I seem to do a lot more of that. So uh, over the summer, I don't do not do a lot. Nobody can comment about how dirty my smoker is. Uh, <laughs> watching, uh, watching a few, few uh, movies here and there, Christmas movies and whatnot, that seems to be this time. I have not made it to my favorite, uh, uh, favorite um, Christmas movie um, uh, quite yet, so, which is Die Hard. But uh, uh, usually, I watch that uh, the day before Christmas Eve, as I'm watching, as I'm wrapping Christmas presents. Uh, you know, I took a picture as I'm. I did actually go places to buy Christmas presents this year. Um, <clears throat> as I was walking into a place that Mike used to work many, many years ago, I sent him a picture and said, "Hey, this there was not an at home when when he worked there." I sent him a picture and said, hey, I'm walking into a place you worked at, which is probably probably 30 years ago. So, um, but it, it, yeah, so I, I I had that picture in my reel. And then, then Monday night this week, we uh, had the pleasure of going to my daughter's uh, choir concert, Christmas concert. And uh, that always brings back old memories for me. I'm a, a, a singer at heart and and. A lot of my uh, uh, throughout the years, I've I've done a lot of singing. Actually, we're incorporating one of the songs that uh, uh, I have sang into the Driving Forward podcast and the the music and intro music that should be coming out soon. Especially the well, the Tuesday trip actually was named around the song, um, so we'll we'll be having that out. We actually have a, a well, basically got it. Uh, but it's it's low right go ahead and go ahead and play some of it Trey if you want on the vocal on it all my friends all right well we so my my thanks to uh james gross who who produced that and that that's many years ago but we we hunted that one down and if you go through that song a little ways you'll get to take a little trip with me and that's where we came up with the the idea of the tuesday trip so that's going to be the the kind of intro music for tuesday trip eventually so um so with that you know we we ended up uh i wanted to bring out some old pictures so just the 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 choir concert thing so when i was a kid if you look on the uh middle left rows this the the guy in there that's that's me so and of course everything from the the 90s doesn't always have the best pictures so um uh, so i i kind of added that in as a as a blast from the past so actually this is probably late 80s now that i'm thinking about it this is this is definitely late 80s so uh so that's that's uh, pictures wise. That's what we have now. Uh, Susan, what have you been up to? Well, I thought the pictures were if you went on vacation or somewhere. And the oh. only place I've been in the last month is to Indianapolis with you. So oh, well, fair enough. I, I, well, we didn't take any pictures there. Shame <laughs> on us because we we met with Dan Lindsay. We met with a couple customers, and after that, I said. That was a mess up on our part because we should have been taking pictures that whole time. So next time we'll do better. But uh, yeah. we also experienced, well, I experienced my first hotel fire alarm at 11 o'clock. And I go to bed yeah. at night. So it was, it was very rude awakening. And we're talking, guys, you know, get up out of bed. You know, I went and got in the car and tried to go back to sleep. And it was, 
That's a hard thing to to deal with at that time of night when you realize another adult, we assume, pulled the fire alarm. So and it was cold. It was it was your first. It was probably who knows how many it was for me. So Susan went out to the car. I stuck my head out the door and made sure the place wasn't on fire and then took my time. And by the time I was rolling out, it was uh it was off. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, that it, it, those suck. So they, they definitely ruin your night. That's for sure. So then it was trying to get back to bed. So that was an unpleasant thing. It was a great trip. I, I drove, um, you flew, but I haven't driven, you know, I'm near Nashville. So that stretch from Nashville up to Indy. So I used to do that years ago, you know, I sold a lot of uh, trailer tracking back in the day. So that was part of my path. So it was was nice to do that again, but I'm very, thank you, Nate, that I'm not doing that any longer. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good for a couple years. But yeah, here uh, lately, especially in the last week, I've been working on helping plan our games for our virtual Christmas party this afternoon. So our company party is this right after this call, actually. So um, I was talking to a friend and her company had done a virtual scavenger hunt. So I've had a ball coming up with, um, I'll say common household items. So, you know, we'll, we'll be on as a group and I'll call out the item and you'll have a set amount of time to go get it. Um, I'm just going to say shout out to any people that work in your basement because it's going to be leg day. So (laughs) maybe we'll give those guys an extra point, but I didn't really think that through. So, but it it, it Hmm. should be time. I guess. yeah, yeah I've also come up with some um, transportation trivia. Transportation meaning anything that goes beep beep. Um, so that's been fun. I've learned a lot in that process. Um, you guys want a sample question? Sure, let's go. Yeah, let's have a sample question. Okay, so the first speeding ticket was issued in 1896. How fast was the person going? <laughs> wow. Um, 40. I'm going to say 20 miles an hour. I'll say 30 miles an hour. Wow. You know, they're well, they were going eight miles per hour <laughs> in a two. And here's the yeah. best part of the little story. In a two zone? In a two. There was a five mile high speed chase and the cop was on a bicycle. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it was in England somewhere, you know, so anyway, um, most of the questions are, are big rig type stuff, but that one. Yeah. Popped up. So obviously That's I can't nice. ask that one now because you guys know. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. So fun, so anyway. Fair enough. That's 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 interesting. Who would have thought? Uh, who would have thought? Um, so to wrap this segment up here a little bit uh the other thing that we did last weekend uh more is a a glcs engagement uh we did do uh wreaths across america and uh some of us at the fort snelling cemetery uh we were able to uh meet several of our our customers out there as well uh including um uh ta dedicated uh, which is, um, you know, a company we work quite a bit with. But uh, we, we did place a number of wreaths. Man, there was a lot of people there. Uh, next year, we'll be going there way earlier. Uh, a few of us got there 
very early. I was not part of that few. Uh, I got there. We we left to get there on time and uh, got stuck in an hour-long line of people going to Wreaths Across America, going to participate in this event. And wow. for those of you that know the Minneapolis area, I know, Mike, you know it, but uh, imagine from the Fort Snelling uh, Cemetery all the way to Cedar uh, and then down Cedar, there was a line of cars, and it was stop and go the whole way. It was it was wild, and there was thousands of people at this event, and there was only twenty thousand wreaths to be placed in the Fort Snelling Cemetery. So, uh, you know, really, everyone needs to put forth uh, effort to this event going forward. And you know, we uh, we're going to approach a few other companies next year to see if they can help. We noticed that Target wasn't. Uh, participating and that's a big minnesota company and we know a lot of people there at senior levels so hopefully we're able to to uh, uh get some participation from target involved next year um jimmy johns i think was the um big sponsor on a lot of the reefs this year uh i might be wrong on on that but uh um you know, 20,000 wreaths for 200 and some odd thousand graves. So um, we can use some more there, but it was still a great event. And, you know, lots and lots of people showed up to help. So next year we're going to do more. Um, GLCS has a great footprint of people all across the North America. And uh, anyone that wants to participate uh, anywhere, uh, I think we're going to do a better job coordinating that. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a good event, Nate. I had the honor of participating years ago when I was uh, representing a trucking company I was working for uh, at Arlington National Cemetery and just watching the, the parade of tractor trailers pull into Arlington National Cemetery and unload the massive amounts of, of reefs. Uh, it, it's just it's mind boggling to, to be at an event like that. So uh, definitely is something that um, is happening all over the country and, and definitely people should, uh, should, should definitely try to participate if they can. All right. So next order of business, we're going to go into our first topic of discussion, uh, which is the primary topic of discussion. Mike, you wanted to bring up uh, uh, really shipper, carrier relations which is a big topic uh you know there's a lot of things as, as we met before on this we started talking and we should have just recorded our discussion because that would have been the entire uh entire podcast for today but i mean really you know you you had a lot of great points and and then we started kind of going round and round on different things so you know to kind of launch this uh, off um you know we had started the discussion around uh, shippers targeting ways to reduce transportation spend and trying to and carriers trying to focus on new ways to improve their their uh, um, their freight networks and retaining drivers. And so, you know, something I continually talk about in the industry is this right now, especially is this revolution that's going on. Uh, or what appears to be a revolution, and that is all these different changes that seem to be happening on the driver side of the industry, on the shipper side of the industry, on the carrier side of the industry, and on the freight technology side of the industry, all because of, 
kind of all the pressures I think that we all have been going through over the last three or four years because of, I think it all stems from the pandemic and all the major changes that we've gone through. And it's all kind of culminating to what's happening right now. So, you know, this is a good topic to, to come up with and, and start start chatting about. So I'll, I'll pass that over to you, Mike, to, to, to start with. It's, it's your, your, yeah. your baton to run with your starting. Definitely. I appreciate it, Nate. So um, one of the things that, that I've kind of been passionate about during my career, at least when I was in the, the uh, carrier sales realm, is communication uh, with shippers. Uh, especially during the the bid process or the RFP, RFQ process, uh, when the carrier is receiving the the lanes for um, to bid on. Um, what happens is uh, there was a lot of confusion for, for many years because a lot of carriers would get the bids and they would come over and they wouldn't have a lot of information. It would just be, you know, city to city, zip to zip, uh, maybe some historical data on volume of, of where the particular freight uh, was was moving. And the carriers just had to basically put in rates uh, without a lot of, lot of information. Um, over the years, I think it's improved primarily because the when there's when there's lack of capacity obviously you know the the shipper has to you know wants to be identified as that shipper of choice right they want to be able to capture that that capacity that's available to haul their particular freight so what was happening was there was a lot of communication uh and i i always you know tried to do this between communicate between the shipper um, as the carrier sales rep to discuss what you really want, what you're looking for as a carrier, what are your needs, what is your network, what are your strong points, and really dig into the detail behind the lanes that they're offering out. Because there's a lot more to it than, um, you know, a particular, you know, city A, city, city point here, city point there, this is the volume of freight you're gonna have, just go and do it. There's a lot more factors that play into that, whether you know what what time do the what do, time does the freight pick up is it a drop in hook um you know what is the freight characteristic of of the you know is it a is it a nighttime delivery point is it a is it a uh you know what are the characteristics of of the particular lane so it, it's a lot more involved than just hey pick up the load and go to point you know point a to point b so over the years because of the the pressure on you know capacity and things of that nature, uh, not necessarily now, but um, it, we obviously recognize this a cyclical cyclical uh, business. Is that now they're starting to shippers and carriers alike are starting to sit down and and really dig into each other's business and understand what are the factors that play into them being successful. And that's where, um, you know, I, I've always tried to, you know, fully understand what dig into deeper into what what's involved with this freight. And maybe it's because, you know, I came from an operational background. So when I transitioned into sales, I was always looking at things 
in a sense like, okay, this is great, but how operationally, how is this going to work? Because ultimately, if we don't execute, it's not going to be a good relationship, right? So, so that's where I, you know, would like to kind of discuss what, how you guys feel about that as far as um, that communication early in the process in order to, to make a successful relationship. So I think the, you know, that, I don't know if it's even early in the process, but just continued communication throughout any relationship really. So when it comes to, you know, the shipper side, I think the shippers have, have moved. So the, the shipper relationships move now to where they're requiring, you know, rates and RFPs at a much faster level than ever before. You know, we're, we're, we, we see them now where, you know, instead of seeing an annual or biannual uh, RFP, they're requiring it faster. The data, you're right. You know, in some cases, the data you receive <clears throat> isn't there, but you have tools now that that can tell you what are the shippers and consignees, uh, what you know, what's their rating, um, are they good facilities to go to? Um, so you have all these tools from a carrier side that you know you you didn't necessarily have before. And those can play into your rates, and and you have some technology out there now that you didn't have previously to be able to produce fast rating, um, and and handle that differently than what you did before. So you're able to spend more time on that relationship with the uh, with the shipper as opposed to just crunching numbers. I mean, yeah, if you remember, I mean, I don't know if you remember or not, but. 20 years ago, sitting in a war room at, uh, as we would crunch on, on Excel spreadsheets with, that have, you know, 2000 or 15,000 lines of, or, or, or lanes. Um, and we'd sit there running with PC Miler trying to figure out what, what we'd want to do. Um, you know, we're, you don't have to do that anymore. So, uh, at least if you are doing that, you're, you're, you're doing it the old school way and, and you don't have to do it that way anymore. So, you know, certainly that allows you to, to get out of that seat because you have that hyper um, hyper RFP mode kind of happening now. And I don't think that's going to change. That allows you to get out of that and, and look into more of a, of a QBR scenario, you know, where you're doing quarterly business reviews with your customers and meeting them more often and, and, and talking business instead of just having to crunch numbers. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I agree with that, Nate. Um, you know, the the other thing that, um, that seems to have shifted in the industry is um, surrounding the shipper uh, would come out with the bids and the lanes and they would have historical volumes and things of that nature. And you as a carrier would bid on those particular lanes and were awarded those lanes. And then once you started operating on those lanes, if say you were told that you were gonna have 20 loads a week out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania, going to Indianapolis, Indiana, right? So you've designed your network to fit what you bid on and what you were uh, awarded. Well, once you started operating the, that particular lane, you realize that I'm only getting two loads a day so now your network is is out of kilt so to speak because now you've been counting on those 20 loads and now you've only got two loads 
before it was, you know, in many years ago, the shipper shippers would say, well, tough, tough luck. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, um, you know, and they, you know, that's the way it is. You just have to go out and find freight other places. Well, now, um, you know, the carriers are having more leverage because there are carrier scorecards and the things of that nature that instead of it being one-sided where the shipper says, hey, you committed to 20 loads a week and you've only accepted, you know, you haven't accepted your, your requirement. So you, you aren't in accordance with what you bid on. Uh, it's the carriers now are able to go in, or at least the the successful sales reps at carriers are, are able to go in and talk with the transportation um, leader at that particular shipper and sit down and that's QBRs is what Nate discussed, the quarterly business reviews and say, okay, here's a carrier scorecard. Here's the things, here's the volume. Hey, hey, Mr. Shipper, I, I was awarded 20 loads, um, uh, you know, a week or whatever, and I've only got two, you know, what's happening, what's going on. So it's kind of got to be both ways, you know, it's got to be good for everybody. And that's what leads to the successful relationship. You know, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be good for the carrier and for the particular uh, shipper in order for things to work. And I think that's, that's shifted over the years because in many cases it was, it was, you know, hey, if, if this not working for you, if my freight's not working for you, you're out of luck, just move on to the next shipper. I think that it's, they've been, shippers have been more receptive to listening to carriers needs and, and kind of being uh, more open to, to discussing those, having those difficult conversations. Well, agreed to a point, and certainly we're not talking about you know spot market relationships by any means. We're we're on the shipper carrier relationship, contractual, and, yeah, yeah, contractual side of the market, and developing that that kind of long term uh, contract relationship with with shippers you've established business with over a long period of time. So it's a little different than the narrative I think we've had over the past couple months and, and what sometimes we speak about. So we're talking kind of a larger mid, you know, mid market, large, small market fleeter or higher, or, or, you know, same thing applies to a brokerage where you have an established relationship and in, in contract market. Um, That's something okay. uh, that go ahead. It, Michael. It is, yeah. I, I think it really needs to be stressed on the, the idea of that long-term relationship and getting out of, the short term, what's this going to do for me in the immediate and think about the big picture. And it, it gets you out of the number crunching for sure, but making sure that you're aligning, whether you're the shipper or the carrier, aligning yourself with a company that has the same values you do, that wants a long-term healthy business relationship. It turns into a win-win for both. Both sides need to be making money, but both sides also need to be able to trust each other so that if it's 20 loads, you're actually going to get your 20 loads. And if it if something happens, all right, we can work through the problem, but you do it together as a partnership because you can't have that one sided, you know, hey, you're you're beholden to us now that that isn't going to work in the short term and it definitely won't work in the long term. Well, I agree. I think, you know, when you, you, you brought up 
having someone or having a, a, a customer that's aligned to your values. And while that's not always something you can do when you're trying to make a very complicated freight network uh, comply with your needs, uh, you do want to pay attention to the needs of your drivers, the needs of, of uh, what it takes to retain those drivers and, and create a good environment for them to work in. Uh, so, so you do have minimums and then you do have desirable uh, customers as well. And, you know, kind of the angel demon customer, um, if you've ever read those, that book, that's, that's a, a great, uh, a great book to read, but the, um, and, and it's not a black and white scenario, but the, if you, if you look, just simply take customers and, and start adding in what are we going to accept and what are we not going to accept. And and uh, as I had said uh, said earlier, there's tools out there that allow you to identify shipper and consignees that that uh, uh, that state, you know, how are our driver facilities? You know, can they pick up and delivery or can they pick up and or, or load and unload freight in a timely manner? Um, you know, do they have restrooms for drivers? That's a huge topic today. Um, parking, is there parking available for uh, drivers when they, they come in and out of, of the, the, the yard? Um, what, uh, uh, what sort of attitude does the uh, um, personnel at that facility uh, have? So um, just in general uh, rating of the facilities that you're going in and out of, uh, you know, so you, you have an idea of what it's like to send your, your drivers and your employees, the, the people who drive your business uh, in and out of those places. Isn't it nice that, uh, that this is one of the aspects of the industry that has changed to the positive that, people having to take into account the uh, the facilities that the drivers are expected to work in, you know, looking back, say, 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, that was just not a conversation that was going to happen. Whereas today, through a combination of a, a bunch of different factors, but including what the info you're capable of getting on the internet, same as dealing with any retailer or uh before I went to Puerto Vallarta, I checked out a whole bunch of different places and read all the reviews because the reviews tell you what's really going on behind the advertising. And, uh, you know, as a shipper or as a carrier, you better make sure that uh, if you want people to be working with you, you're taking care of them. And that's great from a driver's perspective. I agree. Uh, you know, it's good that we have these tools available and that they are are there and that you can use them um you know as a as a former driver in the the 90s i don't recall having these issues at all so if i needed a restroom there was a restroom um if i needed to park somewhere i had parking so you know these are not issues and of course the industry in general has grown um but I, I don't recall these being problems back when I drove at all. And sure, you know, uh, was the restroom clean? That's debatable. Uh, you know, <laughs> so um, I, I think, yeah, yeah, you can roll the dice there. So, but uh, uh, 
you know, some of the the challenges that we have in a, as an industry are are interesting because I don't think they existed before, and you have to look at their origin and and how they came about. So, or maybe they did exist before, and and I I just wasn't aware of them, or or I'm naive. Uh, I typically don't consider myself completely naive, but you know, in, in some cases I might be. So, um, but truly, you know, the truck parking is just simply a uh, not in my backyard, and we've grown, and uh, you know, it's honestly a not in my backyard uh, situation where cities and and provinces and and whatnot don't want trucks in particular areas. But the restroom scenario is baffling to me, and and uh, I, it's just a, a disheartening situation. Yeah, there's nothing sadder than going into a facility and knowing right away that as a driver, you are being segregated down this hallway. You can only stay in this little area here. And it's very obvious that the the person is not taking care of the facilities. You know, I've seen some just nightmare scenarios. Drivers sending me photos when I worked at a carrier. Drivers would send me photos and say, this is what we're dealing with. You know, get get the sales guy on the phone, get him to phone these people and say, why, why would we send our, our incredibly valuable people to deal with this? You know, there's uh, there's better ways to do it. I, I would love to see more <clears throat> just public awareness of what drivers go through. I think that could put pressure in all the, the right places. I'm still astounded by, you know, the general public just doesn't realize um, what trucking professionals are going through on the road. You know, and I think that could help with community acceptance of, of parking. I know, you know, just even the, the people I've exposed to had never even considered why the truck was on the ramp or on the side of the ramp interstate. So it, I know that that can boil it down a little bit too much, but so much of this is 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 PR, you know, and, and awareness and, and and the more that that people know you know, we, we see what they can support and do to organizations in public forums. So maybe just, you know, getting it out there. I, I am pleased not to get political. You know, we are seeing a lot of funding. We're seeing tons of truck parking in Tennessee, especially in Memphis. It was, it was critical there, but I just want to be the best ambassador I can be, um, you know, in the forums, the, the small ones I'm, I'm in. And, you know, I think that's what we can each do in, in our world is it's just education and communication for sure. I think it's accurate communication too. You know, when it comes to the restrooms, uh, understanding there's limited restrooms uh, in general, but there's less restrooms for women too. You know, there's, uh, if any, and that that's a problem. You know, the infrastructure for, for women drivers is, is even worse than it is for men. Uh, so that, that's certainly something to shed light on. Um, so, you know, from a shipper standpoint, you know, I, I know we can go down the, the, the parking and the restroom side and those are their own issues on their own. Um, but it, it, you know, part of that is, is the shipper carrier relationship, uh, is ensuring or the, the, the customer, the direct customer carrier relationship, um, 
is is fixing these types of things who wants to work with a shipper that's not going to work with your drivers uh and and mike how many how many customers have you cut in your career because they're just undesirable to work with from a driver standpoint oh many well we had you know the fleet that i managed uh the ran was uh we were all they were all, all owner operators so um when you're dealing with owner operators in a fleet it'll it'll definitely highlight your your less desirable customers in freight, especially under a percentage model. So <laughs> it, it's very easy to pick out your less desirable freight and your customers. Um, the one thing, the, the one thing that I that stands out to me, and I know you probably dealt with it, Nate, your career um, is when, especially when the 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 drive there was a driver shortage. You know, it's debatable whether there's a driver shortage now. There's depends on who you ask and. Uh, but the, back when there was, you know, a true driver shortage, the, the thing that just fascinated me was how quickly a, a particular driver would enter into, to, to go into a consignee to unload their, their particular freight. And I would get a call from the particular facility and tell me, uh, I've got driver, you know, Billy Big Rigger here, and I never want him to come back to my facility ever again because he just treated me bad and things of that nature. And from a carrier's perspective, you know, especially when it's hard to hire drivers, you're like, okay, you know, how many of these calls am I going to get before I'm not going to have any drivers to deliver my freight, right? So you have to kind of take it with a but a uh, uh, grain of salt because it, it's you've got to understand, and I've I've witnessed this multiple times that at a lot of consignees and shippers, uh, I'm not saying all of them, so I don't want to I don't want to uh, make a statement like that. But at 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 a few, there are some people that their whole goal is to irk the drivers when they come in to the point that they make them upset. And cause them to do something that they know is not going to be acceptable. Um, so when I, you know, many times that would happen in fleets that I've run, and I would always tell my drivers and my operators, I said, "Hey, if you get into a situation with somebody at a shipper consignee, just hold your bite your tongue, and just call into dispatch and let them sort it out. Because there's nothing, there's nothing that's gonna, there's nothing that's gonna result in anything good once." you start getting into an interaction with this person. So, but I'm just curious is you know, if anybody else has dealt with that in their career and how they kind of handle the situation. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. yeah. To peel somebody off the walls. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, certainly that, uh, that was more than a common occurrence. So, and, and it's, it's, mitigating the people and and certainly deciding not to work with a location uh work yep. with uh an entire customer in some cases um you know deciding that that just happens sometimes it's just not a place that that you can you can function with and and you make the determination that we're going to work for our people and and you know that's you, you certainly know it when you have uh 
you have that group of drivers that have worked with you forever that you just consider exemplary. And when, when one of those drivers goes in and has a problem, now, you know, now, now you have your answer. Um, so especially when you're running a large organization and you don't, you may know names, you may not know names, but when one of those drivers goes in and has a problem, now you got your answer. Um, you know, and, and, having run you know mid-sized fleets myself of of large mid-sized fleets um those are the answers there so you, you don't always know you're shipping 10 20 loads a day out of a place and you don't always know but when that one driver calls you and says man this isn't working um you, you, now you have some clarity and you can you can start making decisions michael you had some some thoughts on this uh, i was thinking back and i was i was dating myself to um when we, we switched from paper to electronic logs. And that was one of the first choke points as drivers were seeing their time tick away from them on the screen. Suddenly those delays at the warehouse became priority number one. And one, one driver, I remember he took his electronic log device out of the cab. This is back when you weren't supposed to do that. Right. And he took it up into the warehouse onto the dock and was like holding it up so they could see the countdown. He's like, look what you're doing to me. My, I'm losing my Come on, man. The clock is literally running on me. It's not running on you. It's running on me. I got to go. It's actually kind of brilliant. They all had a clock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, yeah, you got to wow. uh, you got to take into account that there is somebody literally on a on a clock that when it's done, they're done. And uh, no, now is not the time for your 15 minute break forklift guy. Get back out there. <laughs> Get this trailer yeah. unloaded. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I'm parked here for the next 10 hours. So yeah, I was reading one article um, on the subject and this one shipper had told the uh had mentioned to his carrier sales rep, he said, you know, I, I want a true partnership. And, and he's, and he mentioned partner comes before ship. <laughs> I want to be your partner, <laughs> you know, before I ship my freight, you know, so that that's a funny dynamic that I was reading an article and I said that because it's, it's really makes sense, you know, be a partner before you get your stuff shipped because some, some shippers, they could care less about the partnership partner part they want their freight shipped and they want it shipped now right yeah so nate i know i mean we've traveled a lot this year we've gone to conferences i've noticed a huge change it seems like everybody that's there truly wants to be there now you know it's not just about you know meetings and communication which are which are great but everybody seems to to really be collaborating now and, and working for the good I, I know we're being even asked by especially our carrier customers to work with other partners, you know, get to market faster with certain solutions and services. But given what we're talking about and um, kind of you being the expert, are there some organizations and associations that do it better than others, you know, to help bring topics like this up for their members to kind of facilitate this relationship building and, and getting some of these painful topics out there in a forum in a safe space, I guess, so they can talk about it, maybe with one or two? Yeah, well, I think, 
you know, in some respect, I think we're we're going to manifest here in a little over a month, and that time is coming up very fast. Uh, so manifest is a shipper, broker, carrier event, technology event. It's huge. Uh, I don't know how much uh, this particular type of topic will be brought up there, but it is, you know, any sort of event that pulls all of transportation together is is kind of you know a great area to to discuss this mats i think has some level of this as well the mid-american truck show um you know at least there's people talking about this uh so the the point though is that it's not just uh the the shipper carrier relationship i think it's actually everybody's relationship and transportation is you know everyone's kind of working their own way and you know there's a lot of people that want to work together and and bringing groups together um a, a great example of that is the broker carrier summit that that we have going on um that'll be in kansas city in april which i'll, I'll go through a lot of this here in a little bit but and, and maybe i won't because we're kind of going through it now uh <laughs> but uh uh, you know, the, the partnerships that, that you develop at these, these organizations and, and the broker carrier summits primarily, um, focused on brokers and carriers, but, you know, we're happy to have shippers show up there. There were a few shippers at, at the last event. And a lot of the topics that we're, we're talking about here and related to shippers, you know, when we get past the shipper relationship and all the issues that we have at the locations, those are all topics that we talked about at, at the last uh, broker carrier summit in Tampa. So, um, you know, any conference that you go to is going to have these events uh, or these type of, of, of topics that are going to come up. I think the, the target is to be at a shipper related event. Uh, retail world, I think, is another one that, you know, I'm kind of eyeballing this year. Um, so you know they're 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 out there um really bringing your customers and inviting them to events uh i think is a good idea too you know seeing where they're going uh ask your customers where they're going so what what events are uh you know food shippers whatever um that that's certainly something that that ties into uh both carriers and shippers but uh it's specific to just you know the the um, food shipper side of the industry. So there's, there's components of it, but I don't think there's anything that kind of hits everything, uh, across the board outside of, you know, manifest potentially could. So, but I, I don't, it's more targeting technology than it is these type of specific issues. So, um, no, I think that, go ahead, Mike. No, I, 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 uh, I agree with you, Susan, the, you know, I think that, you know, building that rapport with your, you know, with shippers, between the shippers, carriers, brokers, whatever it is, building rapport outside of the business place. You know, when you go in for the QBRs, that's one thing, you know, you're talking business, you're in the corporate setting, you know, try to get outside the box, go out, you know, attend some sporting events together, go to some industry events together, like traffic club events or CSCMP or are different things of that nature just to um, where it doesn't feel like, you know, hey, I'm just trying to get business. I'm just keeping this a transactional type relationship. 
you get to know them as a person. You get to understand, you know, how, what they do in their off time, you know, about their family and things of that nature. That's what builds the rapport where you have a true, where you can lead into a true partnership where you can be successful um, between any groups, whether it be brokers and shippers or shippers and carriers uh, all alike. Um, I think it's important that you get outside of the business place and do some events with your uh with this, these people so that you can truly understand and create a better partnership. Maybe have a virtual scavenger hunt with them. There you go. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. You know, you know what you should not do to build rapport with your customers or brokers or shippers is go to an escape room. Oh. That is not a good idea. <laughs> well, There's a story there. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you done that, Michael? <laughs> I I thought that I would really enjoy uh, an escape room when it was first when the idea first came up. This sounded it sounded great. I was like, oh yeah, we we'll do some puzzle solving and there, blah blah blah. No, no, it is not. <laughs> it is not the type of environment where you are going to build before. Because it's not good for your business friends to see oh my god no it was uh i i thought i was i thought i was pretty good at solving puzzles until i got into an escape room and uh i am just useless at those things and so is everyone else in the room (laughs) we we had to like hit the big red button and have the escape room people come and rescue us we were terrible funny funny story on an escape room then i need to wrap this up but we took a customer out at uh, glcs one time we had a whole bunch of people on site so it was like five or six people from glcs and five people from whatever however many we maxed out the room but there it was half and half glcs people half and half you know customer people and so we go in this room and and the the people were saying it's going to take you the entire time to clear the room like nobody's cleared this room in less than 50 minutes and 35 minutes into the room, they unlock, we, we unlocked the door. And uh, the, f- the person opened the door and he goes, you were solving puzzles out of order. Like you, we were clearing things before we were supposed to. <laughs> and I go, well, that's what happens when you put a whole bunch of analysts together into a room. Like, I remember somebody went over and was like, oh yeah, this. And then like something fell on the other side of the room and, wasn't even supposed to happen yet it was just so yeah we don't do escape rooms because we break them so uh (laughs) but maybe we should bring you next time so uh oh yeah yeah so all right well uh i think we are gonna wrap this one up and i appreciate everyone uh uh everyone's uh point of views and as always uh, i look forward to the next time we're able to get together so I'm going to go through a uh, uh, a few uh, places we're going to put GLCS to in the next uh, quarter. But before we go, do you guys have anything to say uh, in in uh, uh, before you exit here? I want to wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas from the Great White North. There's no snow here in Vancouver yet, but uh, some people have their fingers crossed. I am not one of those people. No snow for me, thank you. But Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I ditto, ditto that. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone and a Happy New Year. Look forward to a uh, uh, new new adventure in uh, 24. We've got a lot of positive things going on at GLCS. Uh, so it should be a 
a great year of more growth and uh, I'll see everybody on the in the new year. Thanks a lot. Same here. All right. Thanks a lot, Susan. All right. So GLCS, uh, we've wrapped up our wreaths across America. Uh, we will be, as I said earlier, at Matt's February 5th through 7th. Uh, following, I'm sorry, Manifest, February 5th through 7th. Uh, following Manifest, uh, at, following Manifest will be at Matt's March 21st through 23rd in Louisville. Uh, we'll be accompanying that with She Trucking. Uh, we're in a close partnership with She Trucking, and uh, they will have a booth there. So we're excited to spend some time with that team. Uh, at TCA, immediately following Matt's, uh, that's March 23rd through 26th in Nashville, Tennessee, and we will have a booth there. Uh, representing uh, quite a few people at, uh, in, in, at TCA. So following TCA is the Broker Carrier Summit. Uh, we've spoken a little bit about Broker Carrier Summit. Uh, the Broker Carrier Summit is the place where hundreds of carriers and brokers come together to build meaningful connections and find legitimate players in the industry. At the Broker Carrier Summit, we're on a mission to transform the relationship between carriers and brokers. Say goodbye to distrust and hello to mutually beneficial partnerships. We believe the key to this transformation lies in fostering open communication, enhancing education, and meaningful connections. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate all your time, and uh, we hope you join us on the next episode of Driving Forward. Stay curious, stay informed, and keep pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Until next time, drive forward with purpose and innovation. Merry Christmas. Take a little trip, take a little trip, take a little trip with me